At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hey, Matt. So we talked about one of your favorite shows last week with 30 Rock. Yes, sir. And I said, let's talk about one of my, not even one of, my favorite show. This is your number one. This is my number one. A close second is Daria, the animated series. Okay. Which never had a holiday special. I was going to say, is there is there one to squeeze in there? No. The only holiday special they did was Depth Takes a Holiday, and in it, Dar, it's the it's considered the worst episode of Daria. Ooh. I'm a big fan of it. I, I get why people hate it though, because it get completely... right out of town. Like that's prime you and I. <laughs> Everyone hates it. I love it. <laughs> I I wouldn't say I love it, but I I get why people dislike it because Daria for a cartoon was very tied to reality. Yeah, and this is a very fantastical episode. Okay, <laughs> where her and Jane get stopped by a leprechaun and Cupid, and they're like, "Hey, we're from Holiday Land, and a bunch of our the top most popular holidays have escaped to form a techno band with Jane's brother, and it's Christmas." Halloween and Guy Fox Day, and they have to convince them to go back to Holiday Land, or those holidays will never happen again. Okay, so we're gonna put a pause on what we were going to talk about today. <laughs> I'm gonna watch that episode, and then we're gonna discuss that. 
I'm just kidding. But that is definitely something that we'll, we'll talk that about. We'll it. have to talk about. I think that's gonna be like a future, like maybe a St. Patrick's Day episode. Yeah, or yeah. We'll find something for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So I picked Scrubs season one, episode eleven. My own personal Jesus. Now, Scrubs has had a decent amount of Christmas episodes. This is the one that's always stuck out of me, obviously, because it's the first one. And I've said this before, but I think that Scrubs has one of the most impressive first seasons. Uh, we talked about this a little bit with 30 Rock as well, but like Scrubs just comes right out the gate knowing exactly what it is as a show. And it sticks pretty true to that the whole time, which is that we are a hospital drama with really funny moments and a lot yeah. of fantasy cutaways. And it never is not that show. So I'm admitting something to you right now. You don't now. like Scrubs, do no, you? No, 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 Okay. I do like Scrubs. I've only ever seen the first season okay. of Scrubs. Okay. So I attempted to watch Scrubs a couple years ago, got through the first season. You're going to see a pattern with me, ladies and gentlemen, where it's not an active stop watching something else catches my interest and I start and doing that. Drift off, yeah. Recently this year I had a tonsillectomy and basically what I did during the first week, week of recovery is I rewatched the first season of Scrubs <laughs> and I still have not moved on to that Dear second, God. So, second season. So no, I do not dislike Scrubs. There are elements of Scrubs that irk me okay. a little bit and it, it's more of those fantastic elements like yeah. the cutaways where i'm like all right guys like there's one very specific moment at the end of this episode the cutaway to the like nativity the yeah. nativity where i'm like was that like there was a really heartfelt moment and yeah. then we cut to this nativity and i'm like so Ugh. so here's the thing about scrubs that i really learned to love and yeah. there's also a great podcast now where Zach Braff and Donald Faison are rewatching every episode yeah. of Scrubs and discussing it. So let's travel back in time. Yeah. The podcast that I produced, my favorite episode of, was actually literally created so I could talk about my favorite episode of Scrubs. Okay. Which is episode four of season one called My Old Lady. Okay. Uh, and it's this very powerful episode where JD is explaining that in the hospital, one out of every three patients is going to die. Mm-hmm. And then they follow JD, Elliot, and Turk and their specific patients. Yeah. And the whole time you're trying to figure out which one of these patients is going to die. And then the big twist is at the end, all three patients die. Yeah. And it's about all of them dealing with their first patient that they couldn't help. Yeah. Um, and it's a very emotional episode. Is this the episode, you got to jog my memory, is this the episode where JD is taking care of the lady who's very comfortable with the fact that yes. she is about to pass? Yeah. Okay. Like it's, it's a very heavy episode. So how did I watch Scrubs was... I was getting ready to graduate high school. I had no college plans yet. I still had, I was a senior in high school. I still hadn't been accepted to a college. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. It was very scary. And I went to the movies as I did every Friday with a group of friends. And we would do like double and triple features. And I remember that specific day we saw Napoleon Dynamite and then we saw Garden State. And I remember watching Garden State and immediately it became my favorite movie of all time. And it's still like in my top three. Like it is top three favorite films I've ever seen. And that movie, like I saw myself in Zach Braff's character. Okay. This dude who has a ton of passion but doesn't know what to do with it and feels just emotionally numb to the world around him. Yeah. So like we've talked about before, like when people make things their personality, like Garden State was my personality. Yeah. Like I was like, this is my movie 
And I was talking to someone about how much I liked it. And they were like, you remind me of Zach Braff. Have you watched Scrubs? Yeah. I was like, no. So I went on Netflix and I ordered the first disc in the mail of the first season. Yeah. And I watched it and I immediately sealed it up, put it in the mailbox, and then drove to Suncoast Pictures to buy all of the seasons that were available. Because I was like, this show is speaking to me in a way that like no other show. Like I had liked shows, but this was like the first time I'm like, no, this show was written for me. Yeah, I brought up that. (laughs) I brought up the first episode of Scrubs, I think when we were talking about Community. Um, That first episode, what's amazing about that pilot is you could pull all these characters out of the hospital and put them in any job, any job. And that's how you feel that that yeah. was how I felt my first day of teaching things were going wrong. I'm like, I'm going to back away. I'm gonna let someone else handle this. Yeah. Like that's, that's just being in a new setting. Yeah. And so, so the show, like I was like, this show is just, I, whenever I was, there was a point where I was writing screenplays and like trying to make it as a writer for a really long time. And anytime that I had writer's block, I would put on scrubs. Yeah. And it was always just the show that like got me thinking and getting creative. So I do agree that sometimes like now that I watch it, sometimes the fantasy cutaways are like a little stressful. Yeah. But the thing that I do love about this show is that it has been voted multiple times over as the most medically accurate show on television. Really? And the reason is because there is a John Dorian. John Dorian is an actual person. He's the friend of Bill Lawrence. So they have a writer's room that is half comedy writers, half actual doctors. Oh, I like that. And the actual doctors are there to be like, we would never do that. Yeah. (laughs) And like, and try to make sure that everything is like on the level but they every season would interview a bunch of doctors about stories and things that happened to them that year at the hospital and then pull those stories for how they would write the next season storylines. Yeah. So it's just got a lot of like real like realness in it and the fact that like every other hospital drama I've ever seen you either have the miracle doctor that no one ever dies because they're just so good at their job yeah. or the only people that die are the people that have the most dramatic story. Yeah. to die. Yeah. <laughs> so so like this one was just like it just treated hospital life as like you've got a dark sense of humor cuz you deal with the fact that there's a 50/50 shot that you're going to kill somebody every yep. single day. Yeah. And the only way to deal with that is to have a really sick sense of humor about it. Yeah. And to draft drift off into like fantastical elements and try to like see things. Now, I agree with you the nativity scene really kind of ruins that moment. Yeah, cuz it is a heartfelt moment. And I know we're jumping to the yeah. end there, but it is, and the show has a lot of those heartfelt It has moments. those heartfelt And I like that this, I think that this specific episode is one of the most well-crafted, like, questioning one's faith yeah. things I've ever seen on television. Yeah. And it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense that someone's first Christmas working at a hospital just seeing terrible things day in and day out would just crush your Christmas spirit. And seeing him go from super excited to share this faith yeah. with the people around him one night later to just be to like just no. be a completely different person. Yeah. And we've had, I, I've had friends like that Yeah, where it's like, they just have this one moment or this one thing that changes their life. Yeah. And it's like, they're never exactly the same person mm-hmm. ever again because of it. And that's what I liked about scrubs was it was this brilliant sitcom that tackled so many different things. But I also think that the writing is smart in the way that it keeps bringing up things. So like the example I have is early on Dr. Kelso, 
who's mm-hmm. kind of your pseudo villain. Although if you watch beyond the first season, he has a very nice slow build redemption story throughout his. All right. So to me, he's a villain. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, I haven't for, gotten past. Yeah. He, you, you get to see a lot more of like the weight of everything that's tied to the hospital and how it makes him the person yeah, that and he I is. I think that's, that's hinted at in season one. I don't yeah. think there's a, there is no character in the show that is a bad human. being. Exactly. But he's definitely the the toughest to swallow. Yes. Uh, but he tells Dr. Elliot that uh, she's going to see a baby and her first thoughts are going to be, ooh, look, ooh, a baby. Look a baby. Yeah. And that comes up like three times in the episode. Yeah. Like JD sees a baby and goes, ooh, look, a baby. And it's part of their show is very good at those callbacks and yeah. like putting like a single line of dialogue that builds back into it. Again, having not seen past the first season, Literally, it opens up with JD trying to trick this new nurse into kissing him under the mistletoe. Yeah, Caesar every day. At Not 9, great. Nine fifteen a.m. <laughs> That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm what I'm getting at is the constant struggle, the the power struggle between JD and our janitor. <laughs> For, um, is that explored as we get further? So into fun the series. So fun fact. They thought that the show would not get renewed. Yeah. And Bill Lawrence thought that there needed to be some big crazy twist if they were only going to be a one season show. And his plan for the big twist was that the janitor doesn't exist at all. It's JD's subconscious constantly getting in his own way. Oh, my God. Uh, But then, like, as they kept getting renewed for, like, I think it was, like, around, they said halfway around the second season, the actor who played the janitor is like, can I, like, talk to other people? Yeah. (laughs) So, like, then they were just like, all right, let's just drop that and let him just be, like, this weird guy in the hospital. And I I love the janitor. So, the janitor is played by the dad from the middle which i absolutely love so he's an improv comic yeah and they talk about this on the commentary tracks they talk about this on the podcast there was never a single line of dialogue written for him really like it would just literally say neil will figure it out in the script and they would just let him and he did and he he, always he would just riff out dialogue he would just so he built that character from scratch on his own yeah i love the episode where he's 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 always he's constantly missing something and constantly (laughs) accuses jd of stealing it let me see if there's a there's a line that they talk about on the uh on the podcast and it's been like popping into my mind a whole bunch now where he riffed out this long speech in like, I think it was like season six or something. The episode is he's giving the lawyer, Ted, advice on how to date a girl uh, and how to show her that he loves them. Okay. And he tells this insane story. Ted, you want to get this girl? Give her a present. Better yet, a present that you made. My first date with Lady, I made her a duck I killed. Now, you're thinking, wouldn't it have been more romantic to kill it in front of her? And yes, it would have, and that was my plan. But in the car, on the way over, we kind of got into it. You know, maybe I was in a bad mood, maybe he was, I don't know. But uh, one thing led to another, and then we're off on the side of the road, shirtless, and seeing what's what. Next thing I knew... I'm really not comfortable murdering for her. So, is it cliche to say that john c mcginley is my favorite part of the of the series no because he's pretty fantastic in this show i mean absolutely amazing i love the way that character again only seen the first season i love the way that character is written as always giving our main focus characters a hard time 
but you know deep down that he actually gives a shit. Dr. Cox, the relationship between Dr. Cox and JD is incredible. So you're kind of in the dark about everything with Scrubs. Pretty much every, anything that happens after season one. Oh my God. I, I really want you to watch up to at least like the end of season three because there is what is like one of the greatest TV show twists of all time that involves Dr. Cox. That is like... Like, like, yeah, and the, I mean, my worst part with watching Scrubs is at maximum mediocrity. People say things like, "I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not." <laughs> <laughs> and they also say things like, "the The nurses are usually either." Angels of Mercy or Whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the woods? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Is the streaming service that Scrubs is on is Hulu? Yeah. So- <laughs> well, and so here's the other thing, and they talk about this on the commentary track all the or on the podcast all the time is that all of the song copyrights have fallen through now. Yeah. So if you're not watching it on DVD, you're not getting the original songs that they put really? for the ending scenes. Shit. Because it's like counting crows like it's like they got like these big songs and they're powerful songs like say anything does one of the closing songs in an episode but like now it's just like generic music so it's up how much these dvds they're worth it dude it's worth every dollar (laughs) um but i do one of the first like quotes that i wrote down when they're talking about turk's faith and jd's he's like you know i love that he's so faithful but i also like to to pick on him a little bit and he's like no it's fine you've got your god and i've got this little monopoly piece that i keep (laughs) And he goes, did you just compare my Lord and Savior to a top hat? And his girlfriend is sitting and she goes, yeah, he did, baby. Go get him. (laughs) Like The relationship between the two of them is so funny. But then the other thing that I wrote down is this is one of the there's a couple shows that are like my brother and I's like we just watched it together. It became part of our like brotherly vernacular. We talk about J.D during the fantasy sequence where Turk is like a church minister and he gets up and is doing like yeah. the dance. We're like JD's dance where he's just like beating his heart with his little hat and like shaking all over is so fucking good. <laughs> like, Cause it's just a parody of like the blues brothers sequence, yes. but it's yes. so good. The other line that I always think of with this particular episode is, uh, 
there's a second plot line. All of the plot lines don't necessarily tie around to Christmas, but they all tie around to babies. Yeah. Um, and with JD's storyline, it's that Dr. Cox has asked him to film the birth oh of his God. friend's baby. And JD doesn't get a new VHS tape because he just assumes that whatever tape is in there is safe to tape over. Now, to be fair, I mean, I can't That's on Dr. Cox. Guy. That's yeah. 100% on Dr. <laughs> yeah. Cox for not changing the tape. But there is that line where they tape a different birth. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's so weird. Like, he has a it, full head of hair he there. He didn't have hair two seconds ago. <laughs> and <laughs> like, JD just goes, it. we shaved the baby. <laughs> I think Dr. Costco's standard procedure. Standard procedure. You know, with that outbreak of prenatal lines that's been going around. And I, his wife. Oh his my ex-wife, God, his ex wife. So at this point, um, she JD prenatal and her lice. That would be lice inside, inside the, the vagina. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, I mean, at this point, JD's already slept with, slept with his ex wife yeah. a couple episodes ago. I love. The fact that J- JD, when they're when he's talking to Doctor Cox, and then just turns and be like, "And he didn't go see Baby Charlie," <laughs> <laughs> and she flips out on him for snitching. <laughs> well, and she says, "You're aware. You're, you, is your mother aware she eventually has to stop the breastfeeding?" <laughs> I love when Doctor Cox gets behind her and starts giving her a shoulder massage, <laughs> and he's like, "That's right, baby. Now work the body. Work, <laughs> work the, the body." body. <laughs> so it's so funny. They on the on the podcast they had Bill Lawrence on, yeah. and he was talking about like the dynamics of the show. And he goes, "When I went into the show, this was my thought process, yeah. and obviously it changed over time." But he goes, "The thought process that we always had was that." Turk and Carla were always going to be that faithful couple that you knew were going to end up together no matter yeah. what. Okay. And he goes, JD and Elliot were always supposed to be just a fling that they moved on from. Okay. And Dr. Cox and his ex-wife were supposed to be the will they won't they. Okay. And he goes, but as like the scripts kept getting written, it was like, well, there's so much more to mine if they get back together. And there's so much more to do if, like as they kept writing it and as that friendship between JD and Elliot kept growing, it's like, yeah. Oh, this is a really, truly good love story. Like, yeah. so it was like, it was kind of funny. I was like, you know, your intentions are always one way, but like, as you're building these characters and building this world over years and years and years, your yeah. intentions completely shift. But yeah, I, I love, it's funny watching the first season, knowing that. Cause you're like, Oh, I can see how they're really playing this. Like, will they, won't they dynamic with yeah. Dr. Cox and his ex. But then like now it's like oh well no they're clearly going to get back together they yeah. are like way too perfect together 100 percent. i mean you could see it in that that episode the oh my gosh the work the body body blow <laughs> body blow like oh my god oh so god good. something that i liked about this episode and it's something i like in a lot of shows and sitcoms don't often do this but it's all of the pieces coming together in yeah. that final scene that's yeah. I'll, I'll call it the sinner man scene yeah where turk has lost his faith yeah Earlier in the episode, he makes them look out the window at the tree in Miller Park. The yeah. girl who's pregnant mentions that she was just hanging out at the tree yeah. by Miller Elliot's Park. Elliot's lost a pregnant girl. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elliot scared a pregnant woman away. Yeah. But then because Turk loses his faith, Carla brings him up on the roof of the hospital and says, sometimes you need to just come up here to clear your head. And because he's on the roof of the hospital, he's looking at the tree in Miller Park. And all of a sudden he knows. He doesn't know how he knows. But he just knows where this missing pregnant woman is. Yeah. And he goes and finds her. Yeah. And it's like, it's just all of that storytelling, all those like little pieces that feel like they're not important at the time 
falling together. Scrubs has so many episodes like that where it's yeah. just like, oh, these like little throwaway lines actually mean something much bigger when we get to the final scene. And it is. It's a very sweet moment. Um, the voiceovers, I, I think that the voiceovers in this show are some of my all-time favorites because they yeah. really like whoever it was in the writer's room who was writing these like life lessons like well what do we learn today type like well that was things. my problem with it is we got zach braff's voiceover yeah and then it cuts to that nativity, it cuts that and nativity i'm like scene. we didn't need that no we didn't especially because i think that him making the god bless us everyone comment and them all making fun of him is yeah is fine. Like yeah, that's, that's enough. Yeah, that's that's all you really need it. The only other note I have is banana hammock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's his go-to when he's unsure of what the hell he's, is that. Just yells banana hammock. It's kind of a sadder scene, but it's the the parody of 12 Days of Christmas of all of the different ways that people have died inside the hospital. Yeah. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a drunk who drove into a tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Two shattered skulls and a drunk who drove into a tree Twelve beaten children, eleven drive-by shootings, ten frozen homeless, nine amputations, eight burned victims, seven strangled shoppers, six random knifing, five suicides, four beaten wives, three ODs, two shattered skulls, and and a a drunk who drove into a tree. It's so well done because Turk's face just at this point where he is just broken. Yeah. I like the ballsiness of this show because I think about other shows, you know, we were talking about a little bit of How I Met Your Mother and there is some definite how i much your mother christmas episodes that are worth us doing episodes yeah. on but like that's actually that is a show i have never seen one you've never went so so how much your mother is not bad it's okay it's the last good i've said before it's the last good show with a laugh track okay yeah but most of those storylines you don't ever feel like the characters are having a major emotional change but in Scrubs, it's like you can feel them getting hardened. And then it ends with a punk rock version of Deck the Halls, which is always fun. Yes. I thought that this episode ended with this Beatles version of... It's not actually a Beatles version of the song. But Ted, the actor who plays Ted, who unfortunately died yeah. um, this year, he has two bands in real... Or he had two bands in real life. Okay. And one of them appears in the show, is acapella band called The Blanks. But he also had a Beatles cover band that only did Beatles versions of Christmas songs. Okay. And they used one of his versions of Joy to the World in one of the Christmas episodes. Oh, I love it. Where it's Joy to the World, but it sounds like it's like done in the style of like Love, Love Me Do. Okay. So it's got like that harmonica. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it's very catchy. I will definitely have to check it out. This is a random question. How much money do you think was spent on these bits that are like? They two said it was a lot of money. Long. They I said mean, there was about- a Star Wars one in the first season, and on the podcast they were like, "That was a whole day. That was a yeah. whole day for that cutaway." Well, think about the amount of makeup that McGinley had to put on. To oh yeah, do the Grinch to do the Grinch portion. thing. Yeah, but from what I understand, it was one of the things where it's like you either take the fantasy sequences or you don't get the show. Yeah, like he was like like Bill Lawrence was like very dead set really? that it was like. 
This is the thing. And you have to think about, like, the thing that you have to give credit to is that this is, I don't want to say this was before Family Guy, but it was yeah. definitely before Family Guy was, like, Family, family Guy. guy. Like, yeah. this was when, like, Family Guy was, like, the failed show that was on Fox for a season. Yeah. So I feel like Scrubs really pushed the limit on, like, doing these cutaway fantasy things, which also How I Met Your Mother does. But, yeah. like, How I Met Your Mother was a lot more, like, cutting to flashbacks where this is a lot more of like the craziness in his head. Now, I think that having known the last episode, I think that Bill Lawrence always knew what the final speech was going to be. And that's why he pushed so hard for the fantasies. And I think that if you didn't have every episode filled with him constantly drifting away into fantasies, like the power of him having a very realistic genuine dream yeah fantasy wouldn't hit as hard yeah (laughs) like because it's also that sign of like he grew up he grew past imagining people as cartoon characters and movie characters and is now just thinking about the fantasy of what his future can possibly be i cannot watch the last episode without crying like i've tried for like 10 years now but Great show. Highly recommend Scrubs. Yeah, Sorry eventually, that, eventually yeah. I will watch Sorry that I just Scrubs. spoiled the shit out of it for anybody listening. Hey, it's it's all good. Scrubs is a great show. This is like not a Christmas episode that I go to a lot, but I have a weird memory with it. Yeah. Um, and my weird memory is and it's funny because I don't remember this girl's name, but it was during college. I was on the online dating scene okay. and met this kind of cool girl. And we met for food. We met at the local diner for food. And we were like having a really good conversation. And she wanted to keep hanging out. I mentioned Scrubs was one of my favorite shows. She's like, oh, I always wanted to watch it. And it was right around Christmas time. She said, do they have a Christmas episode? And I said, they do. And I grabbed my season one DVD and went to her house. And we watched the season one episode of Scrubs. Nice. Yeah. And it was cool. We hung out for a couple months after that. Never as like dating. It was just like, oh, this is a really cool friend. Then like just life happened. Yeah. But... Like, I still remember that girl. Like, I remember everything about... I can't remember her name, which is killing me. <laughs> it's killing me that I can't remember her name. But, like, you I You spent could, months hanging out with this person. But I can, like, visually tell you everything about this person. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is what she looked like. This was her personality type. Like, this was this, that, and the other. But it was like, we hung out for maybe, like, six months. Which, like, six months, 15 years... 15, 20 years ago is, like, might as well have never happened. Like, I just remember that specific moment as like yeah. one of those memories that I'm like, this was nice. This was like a good, this is nice. <laughs> I love it. So the first season of Scrubs is on Amazon in acceptable condition for $1.56. Go for it. But you've already seen that. So move <laughs> on to season true. two. So just buy season two. <laughs> just see if you, someone's got the whole season. You just don't need the last, I think it's like season eight. You don't need, you need seasons one through seven. So wait a minute. You just told me that, to la- watch the last so, episode. So, so did Zach Braff leave the show so, at some point? So what happened was they wanted to do one last season. Yeah. NBC didn't want them to do one last season. So okay. ABC bought the show so they could do one last season. And ABC was like, we'll let you do the last season, but maybe we'll even do a spinoff series called like Scrubs Interns. And they're like, okay, cool. So they shot a whole spinoff series called Scrubs Interns. And then at the zero hour, ABC released it as Scrubs Season 8, even though it didn't have any of the original cast on it. 
And that's why I'm like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> like, oh fuck! Like I was like, that doesn't that doesn't count to me. Like that you can't just be like, eh, hey, Scrubs. Like Scrubs interns, I would have given a shot. Scrubs season eight with almost none of the original cast. No. So the last episode you're describing is to me. the last episode of season seven. Is the last episode of season seven? Yeah. Okay. Which was like very clearly written, like so much so written as the final season that instead of like closing credits, it's just shots of all of the cast members and crew saying goodbye to each other. <laughs> Wait, how many seasons? Maybe I got that There's wrong. There's nine. Okay, then season eight is the last real season. Season nine is the spinoff season. So the most I know about later seasons of Scrubs comes from a line in Community, the last episode that Donald Glover's in. Because yeah. he goes, he, or maybe it was like two episodes earlier. It had been announced that Donald Glover was leaving the show. Yeah. And one of the throwaway lines he says in Community is it's like Zach Braff leaving Scrubs after everything that they've done for him. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. God damn it! What a what a good show and what a great show. Yeah, like I'm, oh my gosh. So we did. We've done my favorite show of all time. We've done we've my done favorite, favorite of all show. time. You've done your second favorite my show. Second favorite show. We're doing pretty good. We're knocking out these TV shows. We are knocking out these TV shows. And it's not going to be like this every week. But I, no. I love that we've we've reached a point where, you know what? The basis of conversation is going to begin around Christmas. And it's going to go everywhere. It's going to go everywhere. But that being said, I know what's coming up next. The next week's episode is one that we recorded live for a live stream. Oh, and my it's very Christmas. It's very Christmas. <laughs> so, again, when we did it, we, we were in the heart we were Christmas oh it was season. two weeks away yeah i'm so excited to <laughs> to, hear, to how- hear it to hear how it turned out because honestly it was one of the best like most fun Dude, conversations doing live stuff like that is so much fun oh to yeah me. and sure. joe's just like joe's one of those people where it's like we could have joe on every five episodes i know i love joe <laughs> i think didn't he i think we said he was coming back i can't remember what we were discussing he next. was gonna pick something else we'll figure it out yeah. when i edit it i'll be like oh that's right he's gonna come on and talk about blank but yeah Maybe it was like one of the many RuPaul Christmas albums he introduced. I'm us excited to. to bring Endot back so we can talk about the remake of Emmett Otter when that's, that finally I drops. I mean, when that drops, we'll definitely bring Endot <laughs> back. We'll have our thoughts. I don't know how soon that's coming, but. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Matt. Whoa, oh, whoa. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. 
Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 